What happens when a writer is trying to get fired and he gets high and super wasted before pitching a movie to studio executives and then they accept it and he's forced to make it with John Cusack? We're talking about Hot Tub Time Machine today! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. You know I'm a dreamer. Yes! Sing it, Motley Lou! (laughs) Oh, yes, there we go. We're expanding our uh, air instrument expertise. Today is an air piano. So, sorry, sorry, buddy, that we're late. Uh, Those, all ten of you that are watching live, we, uh, LA traffic is a nightmare. Um, But. That story, and I should, uh, for legal purposes, tell you that that story that I mentioned in the beginning is not true. Not true. Uh, it's, it's just unconfirmed. It's unconfirmed. We don't have to say not true. It's, it's just an, unconfirmed. It's an alternative fact. Yeah. Hey, everybody, I'm Ben Begley. I realized I should start saying that before shows. I don't. I'm Ben Begley, and with me today, as always, Jesse McIntosh. <laughs> it took me a moment to think about it. Um, it's, been, it's been a struggle of two it's hours. Been a struggle. Yeah, um, you've been in traffic for two hours, yeah, man. But uh, we're here and we're doing we're here. it. We're going to do this. We're yeah. going to do this. Um, and I'm Jesse McIntosh. So there you so, have it. So, Jesse, uh, this was your idea. Yes. Um, <sighs> so you go first because you've seen this before. You own this movie. I own it. It's, which you don't own that many movies. No. We established uh, last week I have the VHS collection of the Resident <laughs> Evil Library. Yep, there you go. Um, and then Hot Tub Time Machine. On, on DVD. As my only DVD. This is, that's your DVD. This is my Blu ray that I had to go scour and find for three. Three ninety nine at CD Trader oh, in, in Tarzana. That's a win. Great store. That's a hell of a deal. There we go. Um, so uh, what drew you to this movie? When was the first time you saw it? Um, I saw it in theaters, actually. Um, and I don't think anything more needs to be said than the fact that it is about a hot tub time <laughs> yeah. machine. I'm kind of pissed at myself for missing it. Yeah. This is something that like I probably should have seen in theaters, and I don't know how it didn't happen. It doesn't make sense that you... Because you've seen every... This might be the only movie you haven't seen. <laughs> I have seen Actually. That. Especially movies of this yeah. uh, of this nature. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean the concept is ridiculous. The people in it are funny. Um and so I I saw it in theaters and I really liked it in theaters. I saw it again last night. I didn't like it as much as I remember liking <laughs> Wait, it. Wait, did you buy you hadn't seen it since you bought it? No, I haven't. When did you buy it? What made you buy what because you don't own a lot. So what's your criteria for being like, that is a purchase I'm gonna make? Uh well, a lot of them are gifted to me. Oh so okay, I, okay. I do buy from time to time, but most of my collection at some point has been like there um probably ten years ago I had a list, a standing list mm-hmm. of DVDs that I wanted, and that was just dispersed to friends and family. Yep. Um and they held on to the list until the list was gone. Even um, if, like, five years later, yeah. it's like, oh, no, I don't need Hot Tub Time Machine anymore. Thanks. But I did. Um, hey, you have it. I have it now. Have you seen the sequel? I haven't seen the sequel, no. I heard it's terrible. But, I'm not surprised. So I was a Hot Tub Time Machine virgin. Yes. Um, and and I, I always thought this movie sounded ridiculous, and I thought it looked funny, but I was always kind of skeptical of it. Just, mm. I think it, and so much time had passed that I was like, ah, I'll catch that one. If ne- only never. you had a hot tub time machine. To go back in time and see the theaters. <laughs> I will say, I really enjoyed it. I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. It's really funny. Um, it's really funny. It has the same... The only thing I will say is it has the same problem with a lot of more improv comedies of nowadays where... Uh, for every three jokes that land, there's one that falls really flat. Like where I'm just like, eh, and did they did they need to pick that super vulgar joke? You know, like th- there's always like where you can tell the actor probably did like ten improvs, and that was the one where they went super far with the joke, yeah. and then the editor was like, "Yes, that's the one. That's the one." So yeah, just to like piggyback on that point, there were a couple of things that that. Uh, didn't live up to the expectation that I had created in my mind of uh-huh. it. Um, one was that exact thing, but less so like the one-liners and more so like the the funny like, oh, the, uh, I, I thought it was it. Like they, they would have like brief tangential oh, yeah. uh, conversations and it derailed the momentum of the jokes yeah. a little bit. Um, and they, then, did, they did a lot of stuff that I would always get called out for in improv class, which was like calling out the moment where right. it's like, wait, yeah. is that what you mean? Right. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Like the, the moment's already weird. And then Clark, uh, Clark Duke, is that his name? Clark Duke will say something like, anybody else going to mention how weird this is? Like 700 times yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And we have like, there, it's in a couple of the sound clips, but there was one 
Um, now I'm totally blanking on what, but it was towards the end of the movie. Oh, when uh, when Rob Corddry's like two things. First thing, and he says something, and then they're like, "Wait, was that was that the second thing, or was that part of the first yeah, well, thing?" Let's or? play it as an example right now, because and we won't play the whole clip because it's super long. But let's play in the first thing, number sixteen, clip sixteen. This is the this is our our talking about why they go on little tangential thoughts that kind of take the air out of things. Because that's funny. Okay, great, great. I got two things to say to you. Okay, okay. Number one, I hate you. Got it. Our friendship means nothing. Is that the first thing or the second thing? What? No, clearly that's still part of the first thing. I mean, am I the asshole? Did you get no, that? No, I didn't get it. I thought... He didn't get it. I, he said, hey... Yeah. Let's agree to disagree right. about, about the first thing. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. So like there's there's funny a lot of funny beats in there but there's yeah. just too many. That's why but that's why they keep it cuz it's in the in isolated that is funny. Yeah. But then if you if that happens too much 5 to yeah. 10 times yeah. throughout the movie you're like okay Cuz that I moment get really it. made that's me like, laugh but right. there's other moments like that where you're just like I get it. I get right. it. I Let's get move it. on. And each character has to say their little thing. Yeah, they're each in there. But um, and so okay, so that was yeah. not to like mimic exactly what we just heard, but that was the first thing. Um, the second thing for me was I'm a fan of like visual gags, but not super gross visual gags. And there was a lot of that, like the projectile vomit. I really could do without actual vomit in TV and film. <laughs> like that, I'm, enough. We like mime it. It's fine. <laughs> Um, and then the like soap on his face when he's pretending like <laughs> so the, when he's pretending Craig we'll Robinson get to that. We'll came get on to him. that. Um, oh, so Jesus. just like a couple of those things where I was like, that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Like the joke is there and it's funny and you don't need that. Now here's the thing. Um, I, I did the thing I love about this movie, and then we're gonna get into the the plot in under three minutes, which should take thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, the what I really loved about this was it felt almost like a spoof. Or a loving homage to about seven different 80s movies. Yeah. But specifically, this movie almost follows beat for beat Back to the Future. Sure. Where, like, he meets his mom in the past, and she's hot and kind of, like, flirtatious and, like, embarrassing. And and then and, and that kind of plot line plays out almost the exact same way. There's even kind of the Biff character, which Rob Corddry ends up becoming kind of the Biff character, even though they hint the other guy who makes him... Fake who, blow who Craig him? Robinson and fight. Uh, oh, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And and you know, like the Biff character, meaning the guy who gets the all the sports knowledge and is able to right. become a millionaire or in in the future. Um, and then there's even there's just oh, and then I, just from seeing the preview for Hot Tub Time Machine two, where they ruin the ending where he comes back in colonial garb and he's like, we got to <laughs> save America. That's totally like Back to the Future two, where he goes, we're going to the Wild West. So it's yeah. literally like they were just like, how do we take the beat? The plot points of Back to the Future 2 and make it about four dudes getting drunk and naked in a hot tub and then throwing as many random boobs as possible. Now, I'm not saying that's not a winning combination. And boobs are never random. Let me just put that out there. They're very specific. (laughs) Very specific. Um, A couple of things like... And Ski Patrol has that kind of homage to Um, it. There's there's no pilot, which is like a tough thing for me. Like, at least in Back to the Future, the DeLorean was built for the specific purpose. um, And... uh, the, it, it was it was piloted by a human being who knew what he was doing. In this, they <laughs> just happened to be in a time machine, um, and they happen to go back into time. And then there's like this mythical janitor character that they never explain. Chevy that they Chase. never yep. explain, and he he like only speaks in riddles. And they constantly do the thing you were talking about, where they call out the joke like yeah. four times with everything he says. Yeah. And it never makes sense. But um, and in a movie called Hot Tub Time right, Machine, no, did totally. you expect it to I, make sense? I didn't. But then, then like getting back was as easy as just like pouring liquid on the controls. Which, if and you they watch, come, they end up exactly where they left. Which, if you watch the deleted scenes, there's actually a deleted scene at the end where Chevy Chase is like, "No, it wasn't the Russian Red Bull or whatever. You didn't need that. Why? That's stupid." And it's like. So you can see why they cut that out because then it, it defeats the entire purpose the of them entire, trying to get the Red Bull at the end. The entire last hour. Oh, they have a lot of Red Dawn references, which I really appreciate. Which we should do Red Dawn on the show. Yeah. That, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Original. Patrick Swayze one, not the Chris Hemsworth one. So do, let's get into this because there's a lot of uh, sound clips to unpack and we have limited time today. Uh, so we're going to do the plot in under three minutes. Jesse, you're going to start. Are you ready in the booth, Steven? I'll take that as that deafening Un- silence as a no. 
Steven. I am. Oh, good. Oh. Perfect. Oh, perfect. My mic okay. didn't unmute, but yes. uh, That's okay. That's okay. I, tr- I believe you. All right. So in three, two, one. Jesse, take it away. So we start off uh, the Craig Robinson uh, used to be a pop star or uh, an want to be a pop star, yeah, um, and he he's now grooming dogs. Uh, John Cusack, uh, is, his relationship is ended, and he's like bummed his out. Nephew lives yeah, in his, his basement. nephew lived, lives in his basement. Um, he's just bummed out walking around his house. Uh, and then Rob Corddry drunkenly drives into his garage and almost kills himself. Yeah. So the two friends, Craig Robinson and John Cusack, are called to the hospital to meet Rob Corddry um, because he's uh, he doesn't have any family, and they're like, you need to take care of him. Um, and, and they're saying how pathetic his life is. Yeah. In this really loud whisper. Yeah, and it, it's sort of revealed that like they're a group of friends that haven't seen each other for a long time and it's not for lack of trying on Rob, Rob Cordry's part yep. he's always reaching out and, and then they make the they make the decision okay hey we're gonna save him we're gonna go to Kodiak Valley we're gonna reclaim our youth we're gonna go to this awesome place my nephew's gonna come along just because uh, there's no real reason but he does they go to Kodiak Valley they're bragging about it they're talking about the white buffalo the white buffalo great white buffalo great great white buffalo great white buffalo anyways they get to there and it's terrible and Crispin Glover the best run of the movie plays an armless bellhop and he's super pissed he's like I can do it leave me alone and they go in this hot tub they there's a dead raccoon in it first and then they fill it up and they jump in they get hammered they spill some russian illegal energy vodka drink yep. and it sends them back in time and, okay inexplicably. So, so they wake up and they're all hung over and they're like let's go to the slopes and so they go and they're on the, super good they're real good um and apparently no one had ever seen a snowboard before um but so they slowly realize we went back in time and it's the hot tub's fault yeah so uh then uh chevy chase comes out and he like it sort of convolutedly explains yeah. to them and they're and saying we can't do anything. Like, we different. can't do anything different. So they rehash exactly what happened on that day twenty five years ago, and somehow they remember exactly what happened. Somehow. So uh, uh, Rob uh, Corddry needs to get punched. Craig Robinson has to get laid, and he thinks he's cheating on his wife in yep. the future, even though it's in the past. And John Cusack has to break up with his super hot girl, so he can get stabbed in the eye with a fork. Yep. Um, so and they all set out to do this. Clark Duke has to be born. Yep. <laughs> is what we find out later on. Yeah. So they set out to do this. Hilarity ensues. We also watch uh, as Crispin Glover's character continually almost loses his arm in yep. hilarious fashion including chainsaw ice sculpting uh there's a there's a ski patrol guy who thinks that these are are commies trying to take over like red dawn because they have a russian vodka drink yeah and he's after him the whole movie and there's there's a reporter that reveals to uh john cusack that he doesn't have to make the same choices everything's going to happen no matter what so he should just live his life yeah so so they they're like take it away let's do whatever and so uh rob cordry still gets beat up just like he was going to and his friends still didn't get to him um and so they go on the roof of this hotel um and they all make up. He almost dies. They all make up. Uh, they all decide to go back uh, to the Chris original Glo- time. Well, no. Crispin Glover waves, gets his hand cut off. Yeah, so they, it, it finally happens. Rob Corddry shoves uh, John Cusack in there. He stays behind he's in, like, in the stay. past. Yeah. And then they come into the future. It's an altered, like, Biff type Back to the Future 2 future where he's a millionaire. He's now in Lugal instead of Google. And they're all, they all, he, uh, John Cusack's married to Lizzie Kaplan. Craig Robinson is a man. He's a main pop star. And Clark Duke is born and he's awesome. And everything works Everything works out. Everything works out. Ah, uh, yes. That's the movie. All right, that's it, folks. That's, that's it. all we have time. Oh. We're done. There you go. A 17-minute show. So let's start off with... Um, I like the, the history of hot tubs in the beginning. It, <laughs> it makes them look a lot more... I enjoy hot tubs, but I haven't had that many like drunken experiences. It's been more like... Uh, I, like, this is nice. And this relaxing. is nice. Oh, my knee hurts. I gotta stretch it out. In here. <laughs> I don't. We're exposing the lameness of. I don't. I mean, right like, now. yeah, sure. Like, hot tubs are less. I may have had like, like one or two sexy experiences in a hot tub, but like drunken party time in hot tub, maybe. Oh, okay, one time in college, we had uh, one of the one of the houses that a group of my friends lived at had a hot tub, and we all got hammered and partied in there. But like. It wasn't like this movie. It wasn't like the centerpiece of your experience. No, this movie ruins hot tubs for me, just like The Hangover ruins bachelor parties in Vegas. Because you go to, ever since The Hangover, you go to Vegas and you're like, for a bachelor party, you're like, this is going to be insane. And then you're drunk watching Empire Strikes Back on a 13 inch tube television every in, time. In the hotel room. Every single time that happens. Every time. They should make a movie about that. It's just real life. It's just watching in real time Empire Strikes Back. It's interesting that you bring up The Hangover because right on the front here of the cover New York Post quote uh-huh funnier than the hangover that's the only thing it says on the front cover of hot tub time machine which is always such a weird thing to say when it's like i get that that's a re- they're trying to just get a sound bite but i mean like clearly this movie's not funnier than the hangover no it definitely it's not isn't funnier than the hangover but <laughs> I wish, I wish they it's funny this movie's funny i wish they had known their lane a little bit and like cuz they reference wild hogs i wish they had been like funnier than funnier wild than hogs funnier than wild hogs i would give them I'm that i'm on board with that i would give them that yeah it for sure was so let's start off with um 
Craig Robinson, you took a very funny sound clip. The sound clip's courtesy of Jesse McIntosh this week. Thank you, thank uh, you. There was a really funny sound clip you took, number one, which sets up uh, him with a pu- a giant pug on a... On a treadmill. A bulldog on a, on a treadmill. This is how the one? movie begins. You came to me, remember? It's not about losing weight. It's about a lifestyle change. <laughs> He's talking to a bulldog. He's talking to a dog. Yeah, an American bulldog, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Lennon comes in. And uh, there's something wrong with his his uh, dog. I forget the dog's name. And uh, the movie starts off with Craig Robinson pulling a BM, uh, BMW keys out of a dog's butthole, and uh, Tom Lennon getting shit all over. Him. Yeah. So this is another so you one know of those, the bar you're at. Another one of those visual cues I could have done without. When you he, do like, what you have to do. <laughs> I'm staying. That, that, my friends, is a callback. That's, I was really hoping you were going to play uh, at some point during the show. Hey, now you're an all stars. <laughs> that's my favorite joke we've ever done on the show. That that might have to oh, be our shit. new theme music. Shit, yeah. Can I just start off every show? Uh, there's a few things in here. Then there's the then when they when we already talked about how like John Cusack is this sad sack. He plays kind of a character like. It's interesting. Steve Pink, the director of this, wrote High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank, huh. and his character in this is definitely kind of like a sad sack. High Fidelity type, which High Fidelity is a fantastic. Both those movies are fantastic. Um, but he plays kind of like a version of himself in those 80s and 90s rom-coms and stuff like that. And and then uh, Rob Corddry is like himself unleashed yeah. in this movie. And the scene where they go to him in the hospital after he, he's drinking, he shuts the garage door, he's, he's jamming out to music, and he's just revving his engine. And then you find out uh, he tried to commit suicide unclear and they well he says later he says he later did. he did i i don't know if i believe him yeah yeah we'll see but um and then when when they're that in the hospital when they're in the hospital and he's like we're getting out of here and he starts yanking on the catheter and it's like yeah super like hard and i i've you know i've been in medical procedures before where i've had to have a cath- have had to have a catheter and it's not comfortable and if you ripped it out like that, your dick is forever ruined. I wouldn't like the moment it budged in there. I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like you let's know, do never this. Mind. We gotta get out. Ah, never mind. Just never call mind. a nurse. Where's call a nurse. Button? Can we is get a, there, Where's the hit the red button? Where is the nurse? Discharge, the nurse? please. And then, uh, and then he flings pee all over the guys. It's and just, then he just so he yells at them, and he's like, "It's just pee. It's just pee." You cried and peed. Can we play that again? Yeah, he fucked you up. You cried and peed. <laughs> That's when uh, Craig Robinson is recounting the night when uh, Ski Patrol, a.k.a. Winter Soldier from the Marvel mm. movies, mm. That's, uh, Sebastian Stan plays the character in this movie who's like the jock. Boy, has he downgraded his roles. Am I right? <laughs> Man, from... Started off so come high. Come on, you started off so Ski high with Patrol. Hot Top Time Machine, and now you're Civil War. Oh, I'm getting kidding. a new agent, bro. Civil War is one of my favorite movies of this year, <laughs> of last year. Uh, so, wait, I want to do a riff on this uh, You Cried and Peed. Um... Later, maybe now. I, I can't decide. I can't. This movie's so goofy. Like I can't even. I can't even get my thoughts straight on this movie. Okay, let's it's just so let's weird. very quickly organize because yes. um, Craig Robinson uh, is a dog groomer, dog mm-hmm. trainer. Mm-hmm. Unclear, um, but it has no relevance for the rest of the film nope. other than the fact that he's it is, just kind of emasculated. No longer involved in music. Yep. I would suggest that you can still get married. And be involved with music in some way. Yeah, you don't so. have to go completely off course. Oh, you know what it is, though? It's it's because in the past, that night, he bombed so hard he never did it again is what I got. Right. But, I mean... That's why. He, he was broken. He was broken from that night in Kodiak But he Valley. also said, like, a couple times, like, I decided to get married and I decided to have a family. And, like, if, if the, it was that important to him that he never got over it 25 yeah. years later, like, yeah. if you bomb on a stage, just get back on a stage. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's fine. That'd uh, be like if I was like, I have a daughter. I can't do guilty movie pleasures ever again. Right. I'm still here. Every you do what you have to do. <laughs> I'm staying here. That was so <laughs> on point. We were hive mind. Look at that. Here, actually, this is a great way to set up each character. So Clark Duke, clip number two, kind of sets up his life. Taxidermist is stuffing my mother. So there's a taxidermist uh, in his mom's dating. Yep. And he also um, just to like continue to continue the barrage on like character setup here. But like Clark Duke is introduced to us in the basement like he hasn't left the basement in a week because he's playing this video game Mm -hmm. and then for some reason he finds the time to take a weekend excursion with a couple people he doesn't like and his uncle like he's pretty comfortable in that basement he could have just stayed there i think he was made to go i think i think his uncle made him leave i don't know 
He's, he's a 20-year-old grown man. He can make decisions on his own. You know, I actually I met Norman Bates like uh, a few weeks ago, and I was uh-huh. talking to him. I, I, I remember that he had the nicest mom. She used to make cookies for our kindergarten class. And, you know, I was like, hey, man, you know, Norman, good to see you. How, how uh, you know, wh- how's your mother doing? Taxidermis is stuffing my mother. Oh, shit. Jesus. Well, that's admissible. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where else to go with this. I was going to do a shameless plug for Funhouse Massacre where we have do it. Clint Howard in our movie plays the taxidermist, and he stuffed several villains. In fact, even one of them was... Why, well, hey, Adam? How's your girlfriend? Oh, fuck, really... I hit the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my lame plug for my movie was even made more lame. Oh, uh, now here, I'm just here. ashamed. I'll reset uh, for you. At uh, this point, it feels like I'm sabotaging you, Ben. <laughs> don't worry, I got this. In the Funhouse Massacre, oh, there's yeah. a taxidermist, uh, and he stuffs a lot of villains, including... Why, well, hey, Adam? <laughs> God damn it, now you did that on purpose. <laughs> you did that on purpose, you fucking jerk. All right, here we go. So now, um, clip number three sets up. Uh, how's your girlfriend? Who does that set up? I don't remember. Well, let's play clip number three. Let's we'll find it. out. Why, well, hey, Adam? How's your girlfriend? Oh, really bad. <laughs> so this is at the hospital when That's he right, yeah. runs into Craig Robinson yeah. for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. And Craig Robinson's wife, who's apparently ruined Craig <laughs> Robinson's life. <laughs> well, he cheated on her too. He yeah. Cheated, I mean, she cheated. She, she, she cheated, cheated on, on him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but so uh, they're unaware that his girlfriend has just left him, um, and they they are trying to make small talk. That's I've always wanted to because in real life I won't do a round robin with this because it's it's two lines. But in real life I feel like there's often times where we wish we would say that. Where how many times <laughs> throughout a day do, do people go, Hey, how's it going? And you're like, Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, like it's just gen. We're all just kind of in like this haze of like, Pretty good, pretty good. But. I often want to be like, oh, yeah, uh, it's real bad. It's but, tough. But have you ever known someone who actually does that? It's and the then you're worst. like, Fuck. It's the worst. And then you immediately re- remember why you don't do that. Yeah. Because there's people that I'll see at an audition and I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? How's, how's life? Eh, pretty terrible. And it's like, <laughs> oh, where do we go from because here? Because now you have to follow up. Otherwise, yeah. you're a dickhead. Oh, really? What's going on? Oh, oh this, sorry. this. My agent isn't getting me out, man. I can't make my health insurance, blah, blah, blah. blah. And you're just like, uh, can you just say pretty good and we just talk about a movie we saw? And that's that. Uh, like, like, here's the thing. If it's a good friend, that's fine. That's what like, I was Like, say. you and I, if you were having a terrible day, I would want you to tell me it's a terrible day. You don't that. ever pretty good me, all right? Yeah. You pretty good me, I'll pretty good your face with Never my fist, again. all right? That's what friends do to that's one another. Friends, they pretty friends, good their face. They pretty good their face. No, but... but like, yeah, but seriously, if it's like an acquaintance, if you haven't seen someone in six months or longer and, and you're having a shitty day, just pretend. You know... Just pretend. It... it it's like you don't have anyone in your life that like you could have just told this to. Like you needed a stranger to come up to you and be like, "How's it going?" It's even worse when it's a stranger. And you're like, "Oh, thank God you asked, because here's my baggage." And you're like, oh. "I think I've had like a clerk at a store or something do that to me before, where it's just like, oh shit." Yeah, the, oh. the worst is when you're waiting in line and someone behind you is like starts to make conversation like really negative conversation you're like oh yeah. i just i really can't with you if right you if, if you've ever gone to one of those douchey like hollywood events where it's like we're doing a part uh, a pre-oscar party thing all these celebrities are gonna be there mm-hmm. it's free to come in anytime it's free to come in and you can just email a list and get on it <laughs> chances are it's gonna suck it's the worst i was i don't remember what it was but we were all in line and there was this dude in like a military like not a he wasn't a military an ex-military person he had bought it from a thrift store and was wearing like as a hipster wearing this like military jacket yeah. that he had found and he was just like complaining the whole time like oh this is so unorganized and when we get in there there's not even a free bar and it's just like and the whole time we're just like St- stop complaining yeah. we don't care then, then leave just fucking get out of here then leave Anyways, I was I was in um, working with somebody like that <laughs> oh, who is it now I want to know names we want names I'll give you a sec uh, so I was yep. I was in Vegas this past weekend and I was this exact thing happened to me I was in line uh, this is not even a riff on it, but uh, I was in line uh, cashing my chips in, and the woman who was right in front of me turned to me and she goes, "Are you up?" 
And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And she goes, I'm way down. And then, I, yeah. and then she like started talking to me about it. Yeah. And I was like, I really don't need this negativity it's in my life. Like, I'm actually kind of like thrilled that I'm leaving yeah. uh, in a positive way. Um, and she just like was relentless. She was just like, I, I brought this flyer because it says a free scratch off. They handed it to me when I came in. I hope they at least give this to me. I'm like, yeah, rooting for you, man. I hope this works out for you. <laughs> And it was like the slowest moving. It's incredible. Oh, this is terrible. Can we play the? uh, So this sets up Rob Corddry pretty well. I don't want to go twenty minutes on uh, how people ruin our lives with (laughs) with their baggage. But uh, when they go to the hospital and they're worried he may have killed himself, can we play clip number four? I didn't fucking try and kill myself. If I wanted to kill myself, I'd fucking kill myself. I'd be awesome at it. A shotgun to the dick. (laughs) (laughs) He's in there. That line, fuck that line, because it's so funny, but it's also so stupid at the same time. So it's clearly just, I love Rob Corddry, but it's clearly just to get a laugh, because you can't kill yourself with a shotgun of the dick. You cannot. But nope. I laugh every time I hear that line, so touche, you win, sir. Yeah. You win. And this feels like a situation a to the dick. where that was not scripted, because it sounds like the end of the thought is, I would have been great at it. And then I, it feels like he just added in, like, this is how I would have fucking Shotgun done it. Shotgun to the... Shotgun to the... Handgun to the dick, Rob? Nope. Uh-uh. Nah. Shotgun... Can you, like... How, I would like yeah, yeah, no, the no, logistics no. of that. You just hold it here. Okay. And you just... You, you cock it before you do. Sure. And then you go Pun here. intended. And you just line it up, and you just pull the trigger. Now, the kickback's gonna probably... Maybe that's what kills you. The kickback would possibly <laughs> knock the barrel up into your nose, and then it, like. Can you imagine dying he, from kickback? It, 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 like, it kill you like uh, like Cameron Poe in Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> With the like, nose. Your testicles will become my personal property. There you go. See. There you go. We have a sound bank. Today. Look at that. This Look at that. Strong. We're, We're playing our greatest hits from the last four weeks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and then Clark Duke's character gets introduced, I believe, as well in one of the more homophobic jokes in the uh, movie. Can we play clip number five? For your information, I've had a lot of girlfriends, hot ones. You have had lots of boyfriends, gay ones. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I will give that joke the benefit of the doubt because they're they're paying homage to 80s and 90s, more 80s movies, and and there's a lot of that kind of humor. Sure. And let's let's also be fair. If he had had a lot of boyfriends, they would be gay. They ones. most certainly would have been gay ones. Yeah, they would, would not have been straight yeah, boyfriends. Yeah. I mean, he was just spelling it out for us. Even though uh uh Chevy Chase refers to Clark Duke throughout the entire as movie a, as a woman, as a young lady. <laughs> <laughs> and that's never met with opposition. No, no, He's no. never like I'm actually a guy. What's the goatee just, clip? Uh that's uh that's when uh, Craig you look Robinson. Like a progressive guy. Yeah. Is that progressive? Craig Robinson's you do that? checking in. No, and he has a goatee. <laughs> Can we hear it one more time, clean? Because I was talking over it. Sorry. You look like a progressive guy. Is that progressive? Would you do that? No, no, and he has a goatee. <laughs> That's <laughs> the definition of progressive. I don't know. I had a I had a goatee in college, and uh, I think I'm more progressive now than not that I wasn't then, mm. but the goatee didn't say progressive. It said, "Why don't you choose beard or clean shaven?" <laughs> you know, one or the other. <laughs> Just make a goddamn Very decision. Very few people can pull off a goatee. Tony Stark. Yep. Doctor Strange. All Marvel characters. Those are the uh, only that's ones it. that can do it. That's it. Um, that's it. Tell, I feel like at some tell point... Tell me another goatee. At some point, J.K. Simmons had a pretty sweet goatee. I'm sure. Yeah. He can pull off anything. Um, you know what's crazy? I was... Uh, I was When they hired Flo for those commercials, mm-hmm. I was... They, they cast a wide net. Yeah. To try and figure out who they wanted their spokesperson to yeah, be, yeah. Um, and I showed up with a goatee, and the person signing, like I, there was another guy there who was sort of like angry at me for some reason, and I was signing in, and I was like, "For your information, I've had a lot of girlfriends." No, wrong clip. You have had lots of boyfriends, gay ones. God damn it, Stephen! And they said that too, which hurt my feelings. So he was signing in for the progressive. Oh, signing in for the progressive commercials. You look like a progressive guy. Is that progressive? Would you do that? No, no. And he has a goatee. Jesus. So <laughs> this show's going off the rails there quick. There you have it. Going off the rails quick. So I do want to mention when they get to they they keep saying Great White Buffalo, Great White, Great Buffalo, White Buffalo, Great White which, Buffalo. Which um Oh man, should I tell this story? Yes. Uh, fuck it. All yes. Right. There was Don't ask the question if you're not gonna do a it. A girl I dated in college and um she did this slinky dance thingy one time when we made out and and when I was a very like 
virgin for most of my life. Okay. And uh, I was trying to figure out how to say it. Until I was, you know, in college. And so this was pre-sex. So, that's, a, that's a binary so, state of being. So, like, you are, you are. Yeah. so here's the thing. So, like, anything beyond just, like, kissing was awesome pre-sex. Because yeah. you're like, oh, shit. This is, so any new thing that was added into your life is, like, a milestone. And I remember telling... Re- to counting this this uh, this dance to my friends, and I was like, she moved like a snake. And then from then on out, they were like, the snake, the snake. <laughs> and anytime like she'd leave the room, they'd be like, the snake. And it's just like it's funny how that that to me made me laugh with the great white buffalo. It's like great white buffalo. Where it's like the snake. We're like to this day, I remember the snake. Yeah, and it was it's great because like that's like. There was there was a fair amount of contextualization there, like yeah, they yeah, yeah. they explained it, but it was also one of those things that like wasn't integral, and like they called it back, and I didn't miss it when it was gone, but they called it back, and I was like, oh yeah, but like that's one of those things that like defines groups of friends, yes, that's which what like, I like really solidified them as a force, yeah. or like a threesome yeah. plus Clark Duke, yeah, and and TV shows like uh, New Girl and Happy Endings, and that they have like a vernacular amongst themselves that like friends have weird inside jokes that yeah. don't make sense to anybody else right. and I dig that now I want to get to my favorite character in the movie uh, Crispin Glover yeah. <laughs> Steel I could have watched 90 minutes of just him uh, so we're just going to talk about his entire arc right now Let's because this movie I, I could go plot by plot point but who cares uh, Crispin Glover plays a one-armed uh, bellhop in, yes. the, in the present and he's super angry <laughs> and, it's for, and, and he's just like dragging their 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 luggage all over the place and it's dropping and they're like should we help him out and and he's, he has a real certain he's like i can do it i can do it and rob cordry says something like oh i should feel bad for him just because he can't give a round of applause which i thought was really funny <laughs> and then he's like throwing the luggage all around and you're like well, how's this gonna pay off and then back in the 80s he has two arms, and there's uh, so many jokes where Rob Corddry and Clark Duke, or Rob Corddry and another character, are, are walking by, and they see him, and they think this is the moment, and Rob Corddry is so stoked to see him lose his arm. It's all he wants out of the 80s. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's the best scenes in the movie. The first one is Crispin Glover, and he has super long, <laughs> awesome hair, and he's chainsaw carving a giant ice sculpture as a crowd cheers. And tossing the chainsaw <laughs> in the air. Why? And then I he, don't know. And he slips, and it comes down, and you think, this is it. And it doesn't happen. And it the, lands right, like, right next, so our perspective, yeah. it looks like it cut his arm, and then so he, like, good. shoots his arm up in the air. So and, good. And then the next one is the elevator scene, mm-hmm. where he... <laughs> He goes to grab a thing of luggage, and his, his arm gets stuck in the elevator. And it first goes down, and then it's and his physical humor is so it's funny. so good. And he's solo in the elevator, which is like in and of itself really funny to see someone yeah. struggle not knowing anyone's watching them. Yeah. Um, so he's solo in the elevator, and it starts to go down. And it, and they describe it in the movie as like he his arm's about to be guillotined. Yeah, um, and it it he stops it right before it gets cut off going down, and he reverses it. <laughs> And, and then, then it starts going up. going up. It's so good. And then it's about to happen again. And with his feet, he's able to reverse the elevator back down. And he's like, throughout, every time there's a near miss, Crispin Glover, like, could not be less phased. Yeah. He's, he's like, just like, oh, oh, I'm still his, an, ener- his, an energetic bellhop. His physical comedy. In this, and then they're, and then he's, they're all hanging off the roof and he's holding on. And Rob Cord is like, this is how it happens. We're all going to die. His arm's going to rip off. And it doesn't. And then he's waving to him from a, a one truck comes by, doesn't happen, and then a second one finally takes his arm. Yep. But then the ski patrol comes by, and now he has two arms and in, they the, save in the future, in the present. And they save him. You know, um, it's a happy ending for Crispin Glover. Yeah. It's, it's it, nice. It's a strange, it was a strange reversal of personality because, like, like you said, when we first meet him, he's very upset and surly. And, like, presumably it's because he's a bellhop with one arm. Um, but we then learned that he lost his arm 20 years ago and all of my sympathy went out the door for him because it's like, bro, like maybe work the desk or something. Like, (laughs) why are you still doing this job? It's been a minute. Why are you so upset still? Uh, maybe, maybe that was like the downfall of the city is that like the, the, uh, customer service went downhill. It just went down the shitter. Yeah. Can we talk, we have to, we have to talk about how, so they get to Kodiak Falls. Uh, there's a dead raccoon in the hot tub. They clean it up, they get it going, and it's, like, glowing now somehow. Oh, no, no, it just turns... It, it nobody, turns. Yeah, nobody comes up to fix it. Nope. Chevy Chase does. They're just hanging out. All of a sudden, it turns on, and they're like, whoa, cool, it works. I didn't see anybody come up, but it works now. 
And, it's a magic. It's magic. And this was Plan B to Rob Corddry's desperation prostitute attempt. Yeah, like oh, he yeah. was on the phone trying to get a hooker for three thousand dollars. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. He says he's. He says something like, "I want the girl from the picture." No tomfoolery, all right? Yeah, and then and then he's like, "We we don't hear the other the person on the other end of the line." He's yeah. like, "Well, wake her up." <laughs> so, wait, I, another quick story in Vegas for a bachelor party many many moons ago, but pre my wife, I have to say, because it was I'm not lying. Uh, we were all there Snake. getting super drunk, and I had one of those cards in my pocket, and I was like, "I'm gonna call stripper of the room, guys. I'm gonna call stripper." And I take the card out and I call, and I'm like. Because it's only 150 bucks. That's awesome. And I call, and she's like, hey, how's it going? So you want one of an escort to come to your room? And I'm like, sure, stripper, escort, whatever. And, and I'm like, yeah, it's 150 bucks, right? And she's like, well, you know, in Vegas, 150 means $150 off. And I'm like, why would that mean that? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't say off on the car. No, I didn't know that. And she's like, yes, the actual price, it was something like $1,500. And I was like, uh, yeah, let me talk to my friends. I'll be right back. It's like when you when you don't know what t- pizza you want to order. You're right. like, uh, yeah, I didn't think this through all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we want a medium two topping. But, yeah, but, uh, but you're offering me the super deluxe, and uh, I don't really need that much. It's, it's five times as much money. It's too much. And I hung up and never called back, and we ended up just going and playing craps and losing all our money. So that's crazy, because I, I was just relayed a story. So this is uh, now second degree of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told that a friend of mine and a bunch of buddies were in Vegas, and they had a stripper to the room. Um, and they were then asked to pay like an exorbitant amount of money, like $3,000 or something like that. And they were like, what? It says 150 on the thing. And they were like, no, no, no. It's 150 for me to come here. <laughs> And so they it's were like, like a service call. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and so they were like, well, I guess just hang out then. You came to me, remember? It's not about losing weight. It's about a lifestyle change. Yes. Yeah. There you go, Steven. You heard you had that one. You were on point with that. Actually, that was I was hoping for the progressive one on that one. So, Sorry. <laughs> so now they go. They, they get drunk. They have this illegal, uh, Rob Corddry has this illegal Russian Red Bull energy drink mm-hmm. uh, that gets spilled on the controls. They go back in. We don't know they're back in time yet. No, it's just kind of a whirlwind. There's no, a bear mascot. Sure, there. lots of flashes of boobs. Uh-huh. It's okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And uh, and then they go back in time. They're, they're we don't know yet. They're on the slopes. They're skiing like bosses. They ski like a boss. And they're just like they're they're doing all like on the black diamond. And they're just killing it. And they're like, man, I feel super young. What's going on? And then they slowly notice. All the the trends around yeah, them. Like, is this retro day at the like yeah. the the first thing they notice is is this retro day and it's not. We came here and it was a it was a rundown. <laughs> Where did all these people go abandoned from? Abandoned city and now it's very lively and bright. Didn't they notice that the hotel looked different on their way out? Nope, nope. There's they like, sure did. Whatever. Well, they were hungover. Yeah, yeah I'll get so that. There you go. One of my favorite lines that uh, we don't have the sound clip, but um, Craig Robinson when he goes, "What color is Michael Jackson?" and she goes, "Black," and he's like. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he's figuring out. That's when he realizes. That's when he realizes they're in some time machine. Can we play the, uh, when you gotta say the, the name of the movie? Um, Do I really gotta be the asshole that says we got in this thing and went back in time? It must be some kind of hot tub time machine. And I love that he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. That <laughs> I, I kept in the sound clip when it went to silence. Because that is in the film where he just like the the sound tapers off and he stares right into the camera in silence. I imagine that was the pitch when they went into the studio executives' audit, uh, office. They're like, "All right, guys, uh, you know we've we've seen DeLoreans, we've seen TARDIS, <laughs> we've seen uh, you know uh, ships go back in time. Mm-hmm. Listen to this." And then they this was their pitch. Do so I really got to be the asshole that says we got in this thing and went back in time? It must be some kind of hot tub time machine. I, I, I love the fact that like, he's like, that that's the next logical progression. Like, hey, yeah, shit, I've heard of these before. <laughs> it's also like... It's set up like this is a thing. It's not, yeah, it's like, it's such a thing that it must be some sort of hot tub. Like, yeah. it must be a hot tub time machine it must be one is of those. the appropriate reaction. But he's like, oh, it must be some sort of... There's, vari- there's, there's yeah. variations on hot <laughs> yeah. tub time machines. I can't like lock it down specifically, like the model number, but <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's a hot well, tub time machine. Clark Duke tries to give us a scientific explanation for this. Can we play clip number 10? It's a long one, but I think it's important because this movie is heavily based in science, period. Okay, the All tub right? is obviously some kind of energy vortex, right? Like a black hole. But instead of being in space, it's... 
you know, it's in a hot tub. Time is not linear. We just perceive it that way. Ah! Like the Terminator. It's cyclical, right? The machines see a Schwarzenegger back to kill Sarah Connor so the John Connor could never be born. But if John Connor don't see a Michael Bean back to protect her, then they never fuck. And John Connor ain't born in the first place. Checks out. Yeah, that's pretty good. This could mind you, uh, uh, Craig Robinson has a huge amount of cocaine all over yeah. his face that entire time. Comes up with there's a goatee. That there's works. a go- yeah. yeah. Now here's the thing. So this movie actually reference they they fulfill that prophecy of being cyclical where Clark Duke would have never been born if they didn't go back in time. Yeah. Because so they they, they Michael Bean this movie. So Rob Corddry is the Michael Bean of this movie. Yes. The Kyle Reese. Yes. And Clark Duke is John Connor. Yes. So who's the Terminator? I guess that's in the sequel. You gotta watch the sequel. You gotta watch the sequel. You gotta watch the sequel. But I I captured I captured that extended clip specifically because I love every time Craig Robinson gets a firecracker up his ass because he's normally just so slow and steady. But when he comes up with that coke on his nose and he just fires off Terminator, (laughs) it's so good. It's so good. And the best part, like. One of my favorite parts of this movie is every time, like, they do copious amounts of drugs. They exist in the 80s for one day in this movie, and they do approximately 20 pounds of drugs. And they're yeah. affected for about the two minutes after they do it, and that is it. That's it. And then they're that's fully it. functioning after that. I mean, you know, they're in their, their 19 or 20 at the sure. time, so that's yeah, why. That makes sense. They have a tolerance. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've done weed in my life, and that's the extent of it, and uh, I can barely function on that. Hypothetically, if I were to have... <laughs> taking an edible one time it's legal now right yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, it, hypothetically if it were before it were legal um, and I took an edible um, and I may have been knocked out dead asleep 45 minutes after I took it for like 13 hours hypothetically if I took an edible at my friend's 30th birthday party that he threw at Disneyland and I showed up late they gave me the edible, and then they said, you go on Star Tours because you really want to see it. The line's not that long. We'll meet you after. And then the line was an hour and a half as I was tripping balls in there. <laughs> and I was just, I was in a different space. And you, like, I think it transported three me. hours later, you were shaking people's hands as they passed you in line like you were the president. <laughs> I just, it transported me back to the prequels. It was a nightmare. Oh, I was just stuck with Jar Jar Binks next to me the whole time. Like, no, get me out of here. Uh, can we play the? So we're talking about how now they they get back in time. They realize, oh my god, we have to relive everything again to a T because the butterfly effect, right. you know. And they say, you know, if we don't do it, Hitler could become president. Well, not gonna go there. Not gonna go there. Maybe I will. I did have a thing though. This whole week, I've decided that every conversation I get in has some sort of political satire that comes out eventually mm-hmm. and I need to just have a political swear jar where anytime I say something political I put a dollar in and then okay. at the end of the week I give it to my wife to go let her do something nice and she has to listen <laughs> to me ramble all the time. It's a little side buy, note. Buy poster board and sharpies so she can go march somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, let's play did we do a riff on Cried and Pete? I can't remember. No, we haven't let's do yet. It. So yeah, this is fucked you up. You cried and peed. <laughs> I, you know if here's the thing I don't know if I cried and peed, but I've peed and then cried. Sure. In third grade, I pissed my pants because I was brushing my teeth and I had to go so bad, and I just peed, and it was super embarrassing. Yeah. So I cried after that. Yeah. Well, coming here, um, I was in the car. I don't know if you guys heard. I was in the car for two hours, two hours. to get here it's today, real. and I was a half an hour late. Oh, um, and about 25 minutes past six... Um, I was gripping the steering wheel. I was furious. I had had coffee right before I left, and I... Mm. Yeah, he fucked you up. You cried and peed. I did. That traffic did fuck you up. You I cried and cry peed. and pee. You cried and peed. I cried and peed both. Wait, uh, uh, <laughs> Craig Robinson's crying during hot tub sex because uh, he's cheating on his <laughs> wife. Uh, that's pretty hilarious. Um, I do want to get to... Uh, so there's the Red Dawn stuff with, with ironically, the Winter Soldier, uh, yep. who is an assassin for Hydra. Uh, being a super patriot in this movie, so he's like the Captain America of this movie. You know, he is. Th- speaking, maybe, of, speaking of cyclical, maybe Marvel saw Hot Tub Time Machine and said, "You know who could be Winter Soldier? That guy. He's got Moxie. That kid's got Moxie. You see? <laughs> um, we. Oh my God. We only have like six minutes. Shit. Oh okay, boy. Okay. Oh really? boy. We've barely touched on anything. Let me know, Stephen, if we have more time. Uh, we don't. Okay, oh, perfect. Hooray. So, uh, too many Vegas stories. So, I did want to touch upon how the uh, the 
it gets crazy. So they start derailing things. Yes. Uh, Rob Corddry tries to get a three-way with this girl who only does two guys at once. Doesn't matter what two guys. She'll just take any she'll two. She'll do any two. Um, <laughs> she's that's, very progressive. That's an interesting hill to stand on. <laughs> such a weird thing. But um, so then they... they, uh, they he gets st- um, John Cusack gets stabbed in the in the eye with a fork anyway, yeah. and he starts to realize, oh man, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this loop no matter what. He starts to have a fun romantic thing with Lizzie Kaplan. They break into a house, but then uh, he tells a really awful story about how his dad died from E. coli poisoning because his sister and him wanted to go to a pizza place that had just opened. Yep. And it reminded me of the Gremlins uh, story where Phoebe Kate's dad gets stuck in the fire pl- in the chimney when he's coming down to Santa and is burned alive up there and left to rot. <laughs> And I was just like, that's a fucking dark story for this movie. A lot of guilt. So that happens. Um, And then Rob Corddry is betting on a game at a bar with Craig Robinson. And he bets this dude. He's like, hey, at 37 second mark, dude's going to throw a touchdown. He's like, exactly that. He's like, yeah, if and if I win, your wife blows me. And if if uh, if I lose, you get all our money and I'll blow this guy, Craig Robinson over here. And can we play what Craig Robinson says about Rob Corddry blowing him? Oh, my God. I don't like you taking liberties with my dick. Oh, it's hard not to get political with this one, but I'm going to. I'm going to. There was a photo of <clears throat> Donald Trump surrounded by seven white dudes yeah. uh, signing, uh, uh, you know, orders about women's rights, cutting Planned Parenthood funding and things like that. And I guarantee you, if there was that same photo of Hillary Clinton with a gaggle of women behind her signing things saying, hey, you need to be spayed and neutered after this certain, you need to get this, or uh, you. every time you, you come, you're murdering people, so no more masturbation. I guarantee you it would have been trending all over the internet this. I don't like you taking liberties with my dick. Um, that was real political. Also political, but in sort of a different essence. Sure. Um, during Watergate... Um, <laughs> 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 the, I love that. Well, the, I know where it's going. The, okay. the people who were like closest to Richard Nixon yeah, yeah. Um, were they were under serious attack. Um, and w- when the media came at them, they looked right in the media's face and they were like, "I don't like you taking liberties with my dick." <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dick is in. Nixon we have to hurry Richard. up because oh my god, we missed out I, on so much stuff. Yeah, I do want to make sure we get the sound clip from Cincinnati because this is my favorite like thing that is never mentioned. For the rest of the, the, movie. Rest of the movie, and it no. seems really important, it but they just like they never mention they have it a moment and they never mention it. I think it's really Cincinnati? funny. We have three minutes, so yep. let's play the three minute long clip. Yep, perfect. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes. Does this seem like it's all about Adam again? Yeah, just like Cincinnati. What? You gonna bring that up? We said we weren't gonna talk about Cincinnati ever, okay? Is this why you have that shoebox in your closet that says Cincinnati? Yeah. What? That's fucking admissible. You keep it in the closet? What was I supposed to do with it? You can't bury those things. You what does it mean? How do I know which one it's supposed to be? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, I don't want to do all of that too long, but what does it mean? Oh, so God. Craig Robinson, and the, one of the craziest scenes is where Craig Robinson and, well, Rob Corgi loses the bet because the squirrel that he barfed on earlier goes on the field somehow on the somehow. football field. And ruins the touchdown. So then he and he there's, recognizes there's a the room, squirrel. There's a bathroom full of people in a circle cheering. Suck it! It reminded me of the Requiem for a Dream ass to ass scene, and I was really uncomfortable so the like whole time. The roomiest bathroom <laughs> that has ever existed. And he just keeps like commenting on how big his dick is and stuff. And he's like, "Here goes." And then Craig Robinson passes out. And then when he wakes up, Rob Corddry has a bunch of what looks like semen on his face. And I started gagging. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, "I'm just fucking with you, man. It's hand soap." But that was one of those jokes you're talking about where you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Come on, dude!" And he starts eating the hand yeah, soap it's also. Like, come on. Like, First off, hand soap doesn't taste good. No. It's not like it was like toaster strudel. It smells good. It doesn't yes. taste good. Now, I do want to play a couple... Uh, there's a couple more clips and we got to get out of here. Um, we just got rushed today. Sorry, Hot Tub Time Machine fans. Um, when Craig Robinson gets drunk and calls his wife in the past... They set up earlier that his wife was nine at this time because yep. he's he's married to a younger woman. And his wife cheated on him in the present. So this is him calling a nine-year-old. Can we play that? Where's Nick? Admit it! You sucked his balls. You licked his booty. It's a nine-year-old. Was his dick bigger than mine? You want a heel? Thank you. Admit it, bitch. And now the dad's on there. What's gonna be some changes, all right? First, I'm dropping Agnew from my name. No more hyping it. Next, I'm getting back on stage. I'm going back to music because I jam. But you wouldn't know nothing about that because you're probably somewhere sucking a motherfucking dick. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> it's a dad. Hang up the phone, Jerry. This shit don't concern you. I know my name. Hang up the phone, motherfucker. This is between me and my wife. 
That's such a funny joke. Hang up the phone, Jerry. This how do you know my name? That's one of my favorite because it's so wildly inappropriate. But oh my god, we have one minute. I know. Shit. Okay, well, I know. so hey, sorry guys, traffic fucked us today. But uh, they end up. Rob Corddry stays behind, and he ends up betting on all the games just like Biff did in Back to the Future and he's now this multi-billionaire and everybody's lives are amazing everyone's lives are amazing but here's one thing that I did want to and we can uh, we can sort of end on this but yes, something yes. to think about please um, if if you if your life turned out a certain way a certain way but you didn't experience any of that stuff <laughs> what like what does that mean because yeah. all these people come back to the future and they're like in a much happier place, in a much and better life. The, the but they still memories. have the shitty memories and they live the shitty lives. Yeah. In, so like, in typical time theory travel ev- theories, eventually those memories come back like they in spurts. Yeah, watch Frequency. Yeah, 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 exactly. But in this one, it feels like they're just like, oh shit, I'm never going to know. Just right. going to roll with it. Right. Just I guess run. here we are <laughs> now. Like the lottery, though, you come back to the present. Oh, I'm rich now. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, I mean I'm married to Lizzie Kaplan. How much more do I need to know? It's definitely better than the alternative, but like, if if you're asking me three things, like, would you like your old life? Would you like to arrive in a new life? Or would you like to stay in the past and create a new life? Like, uh, it seems strange that, like, Rob Corgi w- was able to stay and change things. Because the whole point of them being in the 80s was, like, you're not going to be able to change anything. Well, like, I, I guess all, this the, is sequel, all the sequel deals with how everything got fucked up. Yeah. So we have to watch Hot Tub Time Machine God 2, damn. everybody. Homework assignment. I heard it's terrible, but it's fine. This one, this was a lot of fun. Sorry it was a little bit of a wonky rush show, guys, but uh, we hope you had fun. We had fun talking Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm sure always did. I'm always down for 80s riffs on movies, and uh, it was a good time. Jesse, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Too Much Jesse. You can find me for Sketch at PromLosers.com, coming soon. Ben All right. Begley. At the Ben Begley, at Funhouse Mass, is the Funhouse Massacres movie Twitter handle. We're on Showtime and all that good stuff. Check it out. Troll me. It's fun. And also, uh, 24 Legacy is on. 24, I did a 24 spoof called 24 Minutes. I have the whole thing on my YouTube channel, Ben Begley Comedy. Check it out. It's been getting some good... We got 300,000 hits on it now, and people have been really digging it. Bonus so. points if you can find me in it. Yes! I'm in it Jesse's in it. He, he's the exposition man. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Next week, we're going to go back to some fun action. We have a couple options we haven't fully decided yet, but we will tweet it out very soon. Thank you once again, and always, what is your guilty movie pleasure? You do what you have to do. do. I'm staying here. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. You're a fucking dead man! Jacob! Nobody fucked my mother in the past! I feel pregnant. You're welcome.